We are outdoor ladies who hunt, shoot, and fish, all while working in conservation and chasing kids. I am Julia Plugge with the Nebraska Game and Parks Commission. I'm Rachel Alice with the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. I am Megan Weiskup with the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. And I'm Tana Fancher with the Kansas Department of Wildlife Parks. And follow us on our outdoor adventures. Welcome back to She Goes Outdoors. We have been sitting here chatting this morning about turkey season that it's right upon us and we are so excited to get out 80 degree 70 degree 60 degree weather's in the forecast sunny maybe this rain will go away we're just so excited to get out and we're so excited for today's guests um, we're going to be talking a little bit about how we can aid in getting out how can we see land that we haven't been on yet just excited to explore. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to Megan so that we can get right into the meat of this week's topic. Thanks, Rachel. And I am too excited to, to talk with our guest today is we all know that access is a, is a huge barrier, or sometimes a perceived barrier to getting outdoors, whether it's hunting, fishing, you know, just even generally hiking and, and camping, just finding new places to explore. So um, the more tools that we can get in our listeners' hands to be able to, to discover ways to, to get outside and, and where to go and, and also to, to navigate some of those tougher questions when in some of our states like Iowa, for example, we're, we're like 97% um, privately owned. So having tools at your fingertips where you can identify who may own a piece of property that you've seen some game species on or, or you want to go out and explore that butts up to one of our other recreational areas, it's great to have these types of tools in your hands. So the, the folks that we're talking with today are from Onyx, and um, I've had the opportunity to use the products myself a little bit through work and, and for my own personal use getting out there. Super excited to let you guys know more about it today and how you can guys can use it to, to guide your journey. So. I want to welcome Ben and Jared today. If you could both just take a, a few moments and, and introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about your background, you know, family, pets, favorite outdoor activities, and, and what your role is with Onyx and, and when you started working with the company. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Megan. Jared with Onyx here. And, and what I do is at Onyx is I kind of uh, steer marketing strategy for our whitetail segment and then work with all of our whitetail partners. Uh, and I actually grew up in Wisconsin. And that's pretty much what I did, lived and breathed, hunting whitetails, turkeys, um, certainly dabbled with some duck hunting. And then uh, actually went to school in Ames there at Iowa State purely to receive resident deer tags for four years as a college student. So that panned out pretty well for me. And then, uh, yeah, just kind of springboard from there into uh, working at Onyx. I started on the, the customer support team four years ago in May, it'll be, and then did that for nine months and then transitioned into, into my current marketing role. So it's been uh, a ton of fun here at Onyx watching the growth of it all and, and being a part of it and helping get more people outside. So my name is Ben Bredigan and very similar background to Jared. Um, while he works on the whitetail side, I, I do a lot of the wing shooting, turkey, waterfall, upland, uh, as well as kind of cater to our, our Midwest customer and finding out what they need and how we can build better products for them. So I grew up in Minnesota. Again, like Jared, I went to North Dakota this time so I could get resident waterfowl status or non-resident students so I could go chase uh, ducks up in the prairie pothole region. 
and then after that, I kind of got into the outdoor media business. Um, I went up to school for, for natural resources management and then somehow wound up in outdoor television. So fishing as well as hunting and did a five-year stint actually down in Mississippi, um, producing uh, the, the Primo's Truth About Hunting TV show. And that was a great experience, but it was time to come back to the Midwest. Uh, started with Onyx about a year ago now and just a fantastic company. Um, great values and it's been a good experience. Kind of my bread and butter is I love to bird hunt. So I love to waterfall hunt and also uh, upland, chase upland birds all across the country. So I've got three dogs, two hunting dogs and a rescue. And um, you can call me crazy, but I'm getting a fourth dog here in a couple weeks. So uh, I'm just eaten up with chasing birds. I can't wait for fall to start, roll around again, but I shouldn't wish time away because Turkey season is right on the doorstep. And I know Jared loves to chase turkeys as well. Yeah, we so. definitely can't be wishing turkey season away. There's there's no better time than waking up at the spring woods. Yeah, I think we've talked about turkeys like prior to starting the recording of the episode, probably for the past couple months. We've all been so hyped up about it. So we're glad that that's getting going. Well, we were ripping on Jared before from living in Montana because we want to be in Montana. But he also already kicked the season off what like two or three weeks ago. Yeah, I had a chance to, to run down to Florida um, with one of our partners who, uh, who runs, you know, Realtree Spring Thunder, Philip Culpepper. He invited me to come down and uh, chase some turkeys in South Florida and was able to, to shoot my first Osceola. And actually, like, that all came to be in a matter of, like, two days. I got an invite, hopped on a plane within 12 hours and was in Florida chasing turkeys and ended up shooting one the first morning. That pretty much kicked into motion plans to attempt the the single season slam this year so uh tana i'll actually be down in kansas in a couple of weeks and then i'll be making my way back home to wisconsin and then hopefully find my miriams out here in, in montana very cool well i'm glad you'll make a stop in kansas and i wish you the best of luck and you know if you find them uh feel free to let me know where they're at so <laughs> so jared tell us a little about how Onyx got started, when it was founded, by whom, where the company is located, you know, why was the company started, the missions and goals, just fill us in, tell us about the, the company. Yeah, absolutely. So, so kind of the, the mission or goal at the core of our company is just to empower as many folks as possible to, to enjoy what we call like off-road experiences. So getting outside and, and really enjoying, um, you know, whether it's public lands or private lands, just getting outside, whether it's hunting, fishing, hiking, off-roading, you know, obviously as we've expanded our verticals with, with backcountry and off-road, which I know we'll touch on here in a minute, you know, we are just trying to enable as many people as possible to enjoy the outdoors. And so with that, it actually all started in 2009 with our founder, Eric Siegfried. He was a hunting guide in Eastern Montana. And out here in Montana, there's very rarely fences or, you know, like corner post signs signifying public versus private land. It's all just, you know, it all just kind of bleeds together. And so what he started doing is, you know, he was just having a problem figuring out while guiding what was public, what was private, you know, between shuffling through paper maps and what have you. And so he began just trying to find any GIS data, um, you know, at the individual county level, which of course has existed for, for a long time with paper and pen and what have you, plat maps. 
And so he just began to digitize that data onto just little micro SD chips and then putting them in his own GPS, like to test out and use personally and ended up that he found that there was obviously a market for that. And so it just started with a few Western states, uh, Washington, Idaho, Montana, I believe were the first three states in like 2010 um, to come out with the GPS chip. Uh, and then that just really kind of exploded the business, you know, and they expanded the chips to most of the Western states and then a few of the more popular, you know, Midwestern states. And then in 2015, you know, as, as the app world really started to boom, you know, they saw that opportunity early and created the Onyx Hunt app, um, which has obviously evolved into what it is today through uh, a lot of engineering work that's way above my pay grade. And, uh, and it's, it's really obviously turned into a product that's become incredibly beneficial for, for, you know, a ton of people across the country doing a bajillion different activities, which again has allowed us to expand our business into uh, into some new verticals. But Hunt is definitely still the the flagship product of the business, and uh, and still kind of running the show. And um, you know, I'm just stoked to be a part of it, and happy to to help people get out there and find their public lands that they're able to go recreate on. Awesome. Well, Jared and Ben, I had the pleasure recently of actually talking to some Onyx folks about some promotional opportunities you're offering to state agencies, and I think that's so cool. And uh, we look forward to working with you guys a little more on that. But during that meeting, I learned more about these other products you have to offer. So typically my partner and I, we use your Onyx Hunt app. We use it year round. We love it. It's a wonderful resource. Onyx actually has a whole suite of products, like you mentioned. So Jared um, or Ben, can you tell us a little bit more about the Hunt app in particular before we start talking about some of those other products? Yeah, for sure. So the Hunt app, like Jared said, is kind of, is at the core of our company. It's how we got our start. And you know, even even before I started with Onyx, it was a go-to and it was something I wouldn't go into the field without just because it was so valuable. And, you know, for everyone out there that maybe hasn't heard of Onyx, what it is, is it's a, a mobile application on your phone that has GPS mapping capabilities. So um, you can see yourself in relation to, you know, where you are on a, a piece of private or public property and kind of the that is one of our main features. And from there, there is just a slew of other ways to use the app, whether it's all of our markup tools. So you can drop waypoints, you can um, measure distances. Uh, let's just say you're planning a food plot, you can measure areas. We've got offline maps, which are great for areas that you don't have service. You can pretty much get all the information you want. Let's just say, well, I'm gonna put on my private land layer, my government land layer, and I'm going hiking in the, you know, in an area with no service or going to look to go scout. You can have everything on your map that you would have when you're online with no service. So, and really from there, we could talk about, we could talk about these features all day. We're, we're continuously finding out what our customer needs and building all of these new features so we can enhance everyone's experience while out hunting or recreating. Yeah. And just to touch on our, our public and private land data, that's really where we pride ourselves, where we really spend a ton of time with our dedicated GIS team. Uh, and, and we collect that individual data uh, from each individual state. You know, we work with them at a county level to get the most precise and accurate data as possible. And because I'm assuming it's going to be apparent uh, for, well, useful for listeners on, on this podcast, one of my favorite layers within the Hunt app is our our walk-in access layer. So I know Iowa has like their IHAP program. 
in Kansas, they probably have the best program in the country with their, their Weehaws, their walk-in hunting accesses. Um, and so, you know, for those listening in, in Kansas or, or Iowa, I would be sure to go into your map layers and turn on IHAP and, and the Weehaw in Kansas and, and utilize those private lands that, that these ladies and, and their coworkers have worked diligently to open up for the public to, uh, to chase birds and, and deer and whatever other critters are around on. Yeah, and, and same thing goes for um, Nebraska with the Open Fields and Waters program. Ah, yeah. Those layers, like Jared said, are just unreal because it's it's private landowners that have allowed access to hunting. And you know, a lot of the times with, with your traditional public land, you kind of have a certain habitat to it. It's, it's kind of one, I, I shouldn't say one dimensional, but when you get into the private landowner that, that's offering their land for public hunting, uh, you just get a, a diversity. You get a lot of times more ag, um, some CRP. So it just enhances your hunting experience. And I know chasing birds in those states, it's invaluable. I love, love those walk-in access programs. And that's so important too, because here um, in this part of the Midwest, you know, Kansas, Nebraska, Iowa, we're all, I think in the nineties in terms of um, private land versus public in Kansas, our land is about 98% privately owned. So those leasing programs where the landowners are work, will work with us, um, those are programs we're so thankful for. You know, it's stuff that is so much easier to access and map out and scout in advance thanks to this Onyx Hunt app. So we really appreciate that, guys. And another really cool feature of Onyx Hunt is um, depending on your subscription and the level that you've bought into on that, you can actually see landowner contact information, right, guys? So for example, if I was hunting on, um, you know, public land and I was able to harvest a turkey that then went on to private land, if I wanted to be courteous to that landowner and potentially contact them and let them know that I was going to retrieve my game or even ask permission to access their private land just to hunt or to scout, that's information that can sometimes be found in your app. Is that correct? Yeah, so we don't have we don't have phone numbers in our app, but we certainly have the tax address of that owner. So, you know, you can pull that up and navigate right to their house to knock on a door. Or, you know, if you're if you're planning in advance, you know, showing up to Kansas to hunt later this year and you find a piece of private that's incredibly enticing, but not in the Weeha program, you know, you can send a letter. Um, so yeah, I actually, I actually was just using that uh, this past week for Wisconsin. I sent about 10 letters out to landowners uh, because I, I know if I fill my other four, three birds of the four slam species, I'll, uh, I'll be desperate for that fourth one. And that's great information to, to share as well as you have that contact information to reach out to landowners and to know that even do that ahead of time where Jared has reached out to them ahead of time, not waiting till the season has started. You're in the middle of the season, uh, you know, especially as landowners are starting to get busy in the field uh, or with calving or whatever. Reach out to them ahead of time. Use that app, like I said, prior to the season starting. Yeah, because there, there's always a bunch of people, you know, there's a, a bunch of people asking for permission, especially on some of the higher quality pieces of land. So by getting out there earlier, you have a better chance. And like you said, Julia, the spring, fall, those are probably the worst times to be asking because they're trying to make a living. So kind of the off season winter, as well as summer are often great times to, to reach out to landowners. Yeah, great points. So I have to say that 
the waypoints and the distance lines are two of my favorite features. Um, my husband and I are looking at purchasing some land. And so we've been scouting out what the property lines could look like so we can figure out acreage and, and pricing and all that type of stuff. So without actually getting a surveyor out there, we've been kind of virtually uh, assessing and it's been, it's been awesome. And then I have my waypoint so that when I'm sitting in the office, working hard, I can, you know, sometimes dream about that property and, and remember why I'm working hard. So uh, two features I love, but so our listeners know that, you know, I'm, I'm not a resident Midwesterner that I have traveled and near and dear to my heart is hiking and camping. And, and I am a huge, uh, huge avid snow uh, snowboarder. So I lived in Southwest Colorado. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit about the backcountry app. I think it's such an amazing product that I don't think many people know about just the resources of actual hiking trails, but then you also have snow options. So you can see where there are cross country trails, where there are downhill trails, backcountry trails, snowmobile trails, um, really using some of that forest service and BLM land data. It's just an awesome feature. So Jared, just wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about that product. Yeah. So the backcountry app is, uh, is, is the newest of our verticals here at Onyx. I think, believe it was December. We, we launched the backcountry app. We've been, we've been super excited about it. We have a ton of passionate people here in Montana that just like you, Rachel, love to get out and whether it's hiking, backcountry skiing, um, you know, whatever it may be, the backcountry app really caters to a wide array of people. And really the, the cool thing about backcountry that's so different from Hunt is we're really trying to rely on a lot of user-generated content, you know, where, where in the Hunt space, people aren't so willing to take pictures of the trailhead that they entered or the property that they're hunting to share. And that's the cool thing of, of kind of, you know, the hiking, camping, backcountry, exploring community. It's, it's more of a, a community, if you will, and that they're willing to share information. So we're really trying to leverage what we're calling rich content. So when people go down and hike a, a trail and they are able to post photos and say, oh, it took me, you know, four hours to hike the five and a half mile trail. It was, you know, fairly steep. It's just, we're able to put out more detailed information from all these folks having boots on the ground. And so that really lies at like the core of what we're trying to do with backcountry is really involve the folks using the app to put feedback into the app to help other folks explore more successfully, I guess, you know, because it can be frustrating when you're, you're only looking for a, a short hike and you end up on some arduous mountain climb or, or what have you. But, you know, as, as Rachel said, we're really trying to cater that product to, you know, the, the avid hikers, you know, like through hikers, um, folks that are doing like the, the PCT or the Appalachian Trail, as well as like just the everyday weekends. I want to go for a couple mile hike, go camping, backpacking. And then, as you said, we, we did create something that we're calling snow mode. So it, it helps you know, like depths of snow in different areas, as well as it gives you slope angles. So it, it, it helps you calculate avalanche danger. Um, if you're backcountry skiing or snowboarding. Um, so just packed with a ton of cool features. Uh, that's incredibly useful if, if you're not necessarily a hunter, um, but you love getting outside and exploring. I definitely recommend checking Onyx Backcountry out. And I just want to add with, with so many people, you know, this kind of COVID-induced world where everyone wants to get out and maybe 
newer to some of these sports, having the access to some of that avalanche stuff is so incredibly important. This year, I know we've had an unprecedented tick in avalanche deaths, um, and it's ranged from New Hampshire to Utah to Colorado, uh, you know, to California. So uh, for folks in that world, it's such a crushing thing that I guess literally, but it, it just, it really takes the community and, and it's such a, a thing that's always in the back of your mind. Um, so to put that data right in someone's hand and really be able to access it is, it's such an awesome opportunity. And then hopefully with that knowledge in their hand, they'll then take the next steps to get a little bit more education about avalanche awareness and, and what to do if, if they are in, in that type of a situation. So I just wanted to, to throw out those bad puns and, and information also. Well, I, I know Tana enjoyed that pun, so. That's all this podcast is behind the scenes, guys, is me and Rachel laughing at each other, occasionally both of us laughing at Julia, and Megan just kind of thinks we're all childish, I think. I don't really know. <laughs> it's more than occasionally laughing at me. Let's be straight. <laughs> but, um, Jared, to your point, I also love... I mean, you look at a topo map, topographical map can only tell you so many details. You know, you can get the length and the, the steepness or the, or the flatness of your hike, but you really can't get that, that interactive information that you're talking about. You know, living in Iowa and going out to Colorado to hike, I had lived out there. I knew the trail and I loved the trail when I lived there. I forgot that I currently live at 500 feet above sea level and it starts at 13,000. And an arduous hike for me was a nothing hike for anyone that lived at that elevation. Um, yeah, it was only five miles. It kicked my butt and everyone else I was hiking with was, you know, chomping right by me. So um, just to have that information and the pictures as to where the trailhead actually starts. I mean, those are things that are, I think, often overlooked, especially by avids, because they've been to that trailhead so many times, they know where it is. And, you know, it, it, it's very easy for them to find. So for someone newer, uh, trying to get into it, it is nice having those, those features. And, you know, can I bring a dog? Can my kids make it? Exactly. there and and out more importantly right um just lots of awesome information so excited to, to play around with that feature so as i explore uh the website because to be truthful i am learning so much about onyx today i had i'd heard so much about it from other people uh we continually promote it to through all of our programs because we know how amazing it is or my coworkers are telling me how amazing it is so I'm, I'm honestly glad I am listening to this because I'm learning more and more about it um, and as I explore the website a little bit more I see that there is a section for the off-road so can Ben can you tell us what is the difference between the backcountry piece of it in your off-road piece of it uh, and then maybe how it developed and just a connection there yeah for sure so off-road was our second product that we launched after the hunt app and I believe that was back in 2019 and so how it differs from the backcountry app is backcountry is pretty much self-propelled you're walking hiking skiing where off-road it's built for things with the motor right and so it's filled with a ton of tools, just like the Hunt app, to help improve your experience off the pavement. And um, really cool thing about the, the off-road app is I think there's about 430,000 miles of off-road trails in the app, and it keeps growing every day. So similar to 
uh, backcountry is we use a lot of user generated content. We have what we call trail guides and they're ripping around these trails, whether it's on, you know, ATV, UTV, whatever, and helping create these experiences for other people to follow. And so while the hunt app has a lot of, you know, we've got private landowner data, the off-road app doesn't, it, it does show the boundaries of public land. So, you know, that you, you know, are legally recreating on those properties as well as like a tailored experience. So it'll show you all these trails, um, show you the length, you know, what type of vehicle is allowed on these trails, but then it also does share similar things where you can have offline maps, you can create custom waypoints. Another cool thing about the app is it does have things like non-oxygenated fuel stations. So you can figure out where you can fill up your ATV, UTV, motorcycle, whatever. And, and it's a segment of the population that is super passionate, just like hunters. And it's fun not being an off-roader myself. It's fun to see all the adventures people in the company are doing. I think a lot of the guys that are down at a lot of people are down at Moab right now and just seeing all those pictures, it kind of makes me want to do it. That's pretty fun. And then for me, I use it for snowmobiling up in this part of the country. So we do have a snow mode as well. And, you know, Minnesota, we've got a great trail system. Uh, we did a nice little hundred mile trip the other day uh, up, up on Lake of the Woods in Canada and it was dark and I didn't know where the heck we were. Sure enough, pulled up the app, was able to get back on the trail and get back home. Another fantastic app that just keeps growing. As I was peeking through the website a little bit more, you know, our, our listeners, I think, would be very interested in the uh, the off-road section of this piece. And even so, even the Find the Campsite. You know, we love our state park systems. We love the, where we can join communities in the parks. But others, including myself as well at times, you know, we want to find that solitude and we want to go somewhere quiet away from a lot of people in the camping. And, you know, listeners, I would suggest checking this out for that, that find the campsite where you are truly under the stars and in the trees. Yeah. Like Julia, I'm learning so much about your products. Like I said, you know, we're Onyx Hunt users through and through, but these other products are so exciting. I was actually just frantically texting my dad. He has a super cool Africa twin motorcycle in like trail bike. And so I was texting him like, Hey, you have to download this (laughs) off-road map. You know, that'll be so useful on your trips. Great products. And I love that you guys cater to everyone. Unfortunately, sometimes we see in the outdoor community that sometimes it can be a little bit divisive. When we talk about our traditional hunt fish users versus, um, you know, other outdoor recreationists, whether it's birding and wildlife watchers or like ATV users. So I love that the products you have really, it brings people together. It shows and showcases ways to share the resource and share outdoor spaces. So ride on for you there. I want to talk a little bit more about the people who currently use your app. So Jared, I'm wondering if you can tell us about your app users, maybe some of those demographics, who they are, where they might be located, even the number of downloads or users that you have. That would be so interesting. Yeah. So I'd be remiss if I didn't state this before hopping into into your next question there, Tana, is that for off-road and backcountry, 
we do offer a risk-free uh, month-long trial. So you're able to, if you just download the app, create an account, you don't have to put in any credit card information and you get the, you know, the full suite of features um, as a free trial on those apps. And then the Hunt app does offer a seven-day free trial. Um, so for those of you listening that are interested, don't hesitate to go download, check it out, risk-free, no credit card required. But yeah, moving into kind of where our customers are and, and, and that thing, um, so born in the West, obviously a lot of our customers started to be in the West just as that was, you know, our bread and butter was navigating those unmarked public and private boundaries out here um, in the Western states. But as, as we've evolved, we've really started to put a lot of focus and emphasis on, on the Midwest and our Southern customers, just because there's, there's so many more hunters in the Midwest and the South. Um, and so obviously the nature of hunting for you know the core species being whitetails in the midwest and the south is very different than you know coming out to montana or colorado chasing elk mule deer antelope what have you you know you're a lot more stationary typically uh, often hunting on private lands so we've really tried to cater to those users through some of the features that we've added and we are continuing to put a focus on those midwestern and southern users continually trying to come up with features and uh and layers that are going to be useful for those folks that they can really put to use. I can't, I can't get into two specifics with numbers as far as amount of customers in, in any particular region, but uh, recently we definitely have, have the most customers, our, our kind of core has become the Midwest. Um, so that's always uh, something that we were striving for, for the last few years. So it was cool to see that come to fruition and, and really, you know, being able to see that our efforts in creating, you know, the most accurate land ownership data available to make sure that folks in that part of the country have accurate uh, private property boundaries and adding, you know, a bunch of different waypoint icons and features within waypoints like sharing um, to be able to share a tree stand with my dad that I moved say, hey, you know, this is this is where this tree stand is now I, I moved it down the fence line 50 yards because I saw a buck, you know, cruise through this particular trail or what have you. So, and as Ben alluded to earlier, like the area shape tool right now will be super pertinent for a lot of folks in the Midwest and South planting food plots, the ability to just open that area shape tool and then plot points around your food plot to get the exact acreage of that food plot. Then you don't have to try to figure out um, the amount of seed and fertilizer that you need to plant there. So just being able to, uh, you know, be creative with the Onyx Hunt team and, and put our engineers to work to create some features that really cater to um, the Midwest, the South and the Eastern users who, who use the product very differently um, than those that use it out West has been super fun to be a part of. You both kind of alluded to how you personally use the app. I just wanted to see if you could elaborate a little bit more. Um, Jared, you kind of mentioned how you're if you're going to try and get the four different or four different species of turkey this spring. So for our listeners that are like, what, what does that even mean? Wild turkey here in the United States has different variations and they're all out all throughout the, the country. And so you'd mentioned you'd gone to Florida and were able to harvest a Osceola turkey. So as you travel, I mean, how do you use the app? Do you, do you scout with it? Do you, how do you use it? Totally. So I really love our web map feature. So if you go to our website um, at the top right hand corner, there's a little login button and it's the same exact products uh, more or less that you'll see on your phone. 
And anything that you do on your computer on web map is going to automatically sync to your phone. So if you're dropping waypoints, drawing lines on the web map, that's just going to automatically sync up. And those markups are going to be on your phone seamlessly. And so what I've been doing a ton of is like my next big trip is heading down towards, towards Canada there in Kansas. And so I've just been scouring web map, looking at the different walk-in areas near to where I'm going to be, as well as some of the, the public wildlife management areas. And so kind of what I do on my map is anywhere that I have not been with boots on the ground, I label those waypoints white. So like right now, Kansas is just littered with white turkey waypoints. Um, you know, none of them really have any merit. I have, I have no clue if there's turkeys in a lot of these spots, um, you know, just based on the, the walk-in being open for turkey season, you know, obviously leads me to assume there's going to be turkeys there. But so I, I kind of, I color code my, my waypoints. So like all of my truth turkey waypoints will be blue. Uh, my white tail waypoints are typically yellow. Um, so I really like the, the color coordination. Like I just have, I have well over a thousand waypoints on my map at this point. So it really just starts to get kind of clustered. So by using the color coordinating, I'm able to identify species is how I do it. There's also some people that, that do it by year. So, you know, 2019 was maybe red, 2020 was yellow, 2021 is blue. One other thing that I really like doing, um, one of my, my hot tips, if you will, and I did this a little bit in Wisconsin when I was sending those landowner letters, is I really like to pair our app with white pages, you know, like a white pages subscription these days, usually it's like just a couple bucks for a 30 day subscription. And one thing I really key in on when I'm looking for landowner permission is, I look for, for elderly folks. So like if you search their name in white pages, it, it shows you the age of, of the landowner. And I've just found incredible success with, with older folks that, you know, their kids have moved away. They maybe don't have grandkids. They're old enough that they're not hunting anymore. And so like, that was one thing I did when I was sending those landowner letters in Wisconsin is I was trying to find folks that were over 70, just because in my experience, I've had much greater success getting permission from those folks than folks that are say, you know, in their forties or fifties, just because they're a lot more active. They typically have kids. Usually there's somebody hunting that ground. So that, that's one of, one of my hot tips on how I use Onyx. I'm sure Ben has uh, plenty of use cases that he can, he can share. Quick before we get to you, Ben, um, Jared brought up something interesting, which I think you were probably getting to as well, Ben, about, you know, landowner permission and where you might be a little bit more strategic about getting that permission. And so um, I'd be remiss if we didn't bring up some etiquette when it comes to landowner access and accessing private land. Um, so I'm sure Jared and Ben can both attest to this. There are a couple of things that we always encourage folks to do when they are given permission to hunt private land or even before so, um, if you're able to access that land but don't have permission to hunt necessarily. Um, one of those is to pick up any trash that you see. You know, we always wanna leave the area better than we found it. So whether you left it there or not, go ahead and pick it up. Unfortunately, land does get accessed illegally sometimes. So um, the landowner might think that you left that trash there if you're the only one that had permission. So go ahead and pick that up regardless. Another great thing to do is to monitor the property a little bit. If you see anything that's out of whack, um, maybe a gate that you think is open that shouldn't be, and there's cows in an area you don't think there should, they should be in. Our typical rule of thumb with hunter education is always leave gates as you found them. However, if you do think there's an issue, let that landowner know. They'll be so appreciative of the fact that you at least checked in with them. And then last and certainly not least, if there is 
some sort of issue, go ahead and maybe offer to help them repair that fence or offer to help round up those cattle. That'll go a long way. And also if you are fortunate enough to harvest an animal on their land, go ahead and offer them a little bit of that harvest. Share some of that meat. Like Jared mentioned, if it is an elderly person, perhaps they used to hunt in the day and haven't been able to get out even on their own land in quite a while. So they may or may not really appreciate that wild game meat. So it's always a wonderful thing to offer and just a way to be courteous. So I wanted to be sure to point that out. And a landowner myself with 140 acres of pasture and cows, if if you tell me the gate is open or the fence is down, holy smokes, that is gonna like absolutely make my day. We sincerely appreciate that. If you're out there willing to cut some cedar trees too, hey, <laughs> you've probably gained yourself like three seasons of turkeys if you offer to cut cedar trees for us. <laughs> I have a chainsaw, so I'll <laughs> send you <it> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm super glad that you brought up, you know, landowner, you know, permission etiquette, whatever you want to call it. Because there are a couple things that I always try to do. Like if I'm if I'm local and I'm asking local permission, offer offer for a, a weekend of help fix fixing fence or you know, bailing hay or whatever, whatever that landowner may need. And the thing that I like to do as a non-resident, like when I'm down in Kansas, I'll just be there for four days. So me offering to fix fence isn't, isn't likely going to work out. So what I like to do at that point uh, is I always try to send a gift basket. So like when I get home, you know, like send a couple home goods from Missoula, you know, like some, some local coffee, local chocolate, you know, throw in some, what have you, you know, some, something that's like from your area. So that's always what I like to do just to kind of stay in good favor, if you will, and, and just show your appreciation for those folks letting you tromp around on their land in search of whatever critter you may be after. thing that I've found that always seems to go over well is fish. So when I go on trips, I'll pack a cooler of, of vacuum sealed fish and say, hey, thank you. You, you like, you know, you like to eat fish. I'd love to give this to you. And and uh, just as a nice thank you, because people, I don't know, people always seem to just love fish. So it's what I've found to be successful. And, and that's, you know, year, year after year, it seems what, you know, somebody's always going to remember that. Um, but, but in addition to that, you know, first impressions for me always seem to make a difference when going to ask permission. Um, you don't want to show up at 10 o'clock at night or six o'clock in the morning with muddy boots, face paint, whatever. Um, it's just not a great look. So I always try to plan ahead and, and you know, you don't have to go in a, you know, a, a tuxedo or anything like that, but be presentable because it, it that also seems seems to help. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad we had the opportunity to talk about that a little. It was a bit of a tangent, but I appreciate you guys going there with me. And I'm glad we could share those hot tips because that is so important. Um, so transitioning back, Ben, we cut you off a little bit and I apologize for that, but I definitely want to know how you use the Onyx apps and what services you go to most frequently. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to touch on about Jared's point is, is I do this as well. You know, it's funny that he talks about the waypoint coding and colors um, because like not talking to Jared about it, I pretty much do the exact thing. You know, he was talking about, all right, he's looking on the web map and Play, putting waypoints down it. And what a lot of people don't understand is, you know, personally, I grew up hunting. So I, I kind of know what areas I'm looking for, but you know, for a new hunter or somebody just getting into it, it, it's difficult to look at a map and say, Oh, this looks like a good Turkey spot just based off of, you know, 
um, satellite imagery or topo imagery, it's hard to figure out like, all right, this looks like a good spot. So um, that's one thing in the last few years, and especially this year that we've really put a lot of emphasis behind is teaching people, all right, not only how to use a satellite map, but then where will game relate to on a satellite map through video showing, all right, this is what it looks like on the ground. This look what it looks like in the air and how animals are going to relate to that. So um, that's something I think for a new hunter to just kind of either watch those videos or even like um, just go for a walk in the, you know, in the off season and start to see game and look at your app on the satellite and say, all right, um, you know, this deer was here. And then start thinking about, put, put some of the, the knowledge that you pulled in, like, all right, well, there's some oak trees here and there's a thick area right next to it. And okay, that's what it looks like on the, on the uh, satellite map. And so you can start to learn kind of what areas uh, hold different types of species. So um, that's something I think is really important for somebody starting out because then after you start to figure that out a little bit, then you yourself can go and do what Jared does and goes across the country saying, Oh, this looks like a good spot. This looks like a good spot. Yeah. And I would say a great resource um, for some of those videos that Ben was alluding to just for some, some onyx education, if you will, is uh, the hunting public boys. They, they we've worked with them for years um, and their YouTube channel is just so great for for gleaning knowledge and education and and i know you folks in iowa work with the hunting public a little bit so i would i would definitely stop over at the hunting public youtube channel uh we've worked with them on well over three hours worth of educational content on how to use the hunt app to get started finding deer finding turkeys um so that that would be my recommendation as a as a starting point no awesome ways to to use those applications and and before i get to my next question i just gotta um, say how excited i am to see how many improvements and how you keep growing that the off-road map um, our listeners know that I'm an, an avid snowmobiler, so I, I spend a lot of time up in, in Ben and Jared in your your home backyard. So definitely the North Woods of Wisconsin has become home base with my uh, mother-in-law and and her husband living up there at, based out of Minocqua now. So that's where we usually start, and we love backpacking. So being able to see those boundaries, being able to to see um, when you're crossing the state line to make sure you have the right permits in place when we're planning out our routes. So it's nothing for us just to drop the trailer right on the, the border and right through Wisconsin and, and up through Michigan. Um, I'm a Uper at heart and we'll, we'll take it all the way across the, the UP of Michigan and, and come back and spend a whole week just going all over on the trail. So having these types of resources is great. And like you said, especially at night in the dark, it never fails. We always pick the coldest week of the year to do this when it's negative 20 is like the average temperature. So having those, those resources that work online and offline, get you back home safe. That that's awesome to have. So just wanted to give you a little plug there on that. And also fellow Iowa state grad. So yeah. Good job, Jared, to have, have work in the system and taken advantage of that, that resident option when you come from, to college from out of state. So we, we we're glad that you were able to do that. Um, one thing also that I, I enjoy about Onyx, and I've had the opportunity to, to work back when Alex was there and, and with Mark um, very early on when you're navigating um, 
doing state partnerships. So it, it's so cool to see how many state partnerships are in place now and that you're, you're getting this products into our existing sportsmen and women's hands at a reduced rate and free trials and, and all that. And that's, it's been so awesome to work with you guys on, on building those types of promotions. Thing that our listeners might not be aware of unless they've been able to take advantage of some of those offers is that you guys give back too, and you give back a lot. I know almost all those partnerships, there's a donation program where you're helping a nonprofit in the local state, whether it's with access issues or providing funding to a hunter education association so that they can get more uh, money out there for outreach opportunities, um, help provide scholarships to get folks out there doing activities. So it's just so great how much you give back. But I want to talk a little bit more in depth about your access initiatives that you got going on. I mean, just looking at your website, looking at the numbers there, I mean, uh, in your in your home base in Montana, you've been able to help open up 600,000 of acres of landlocked uh, public land. So that's that's phenomenal and and so crucial when when we know that access continues to be, um, like we mentioned at the beginning, an issue or a perceived issue when folks don't know, and, and especially those landlocked areas, when we can connect our public lands together and, and take advantage of getting them open so you can have those continuous acres, it's, it's so cool. So Ben, can you talk a little bit about um, your access initiatives and, and how you guys give back as a company? Yeah, for sure. So um, like you said, the access is one of the main problems uh, facing a lot of outdoor enthusiasts. And kind of since the inception of our company, our, our founder has been a stark proponent of helping create more access across the country. And it's pretty cool because that's a sentiment that's really maintained at the core of our company, even to this day. So um, we really tax us, or tackle access in a couple ways. Um, we work with land management officials to keep public land public. So we already won. We want to make sure it stays public. And then we also use our you know vast GIS mapping data to help provide numbers that support public land funding. So uh, recently we put together a few reports. Um, we call them the inaccessible public land reports. We did one for the Midwest, the Northeast as well as the West and then also federal land on the West. So I don't know if you've seen this data, but take a guess on in Minnesota, you know, you hear landlocked a ton in the West and, you know, it's a big problem out there, but I was shocked to hear the amount of acres that were landlocked in Minnesota. So take a guess on how many acres do you think are landlocked in Minnesota? Any idea? Let's hear some wild guesses. 500,000. Oh, I'm going to go a little higher. Let's say 800,000. I'll split the difference in the middle at 675. There's a lot of lakes up there. Yeah. I want 750. So, Let's play it safe. Wow. So there's there's 250,000 in Minnesota. Yes, lower. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. We're not that bad up here in the land of 10,000 lakes. Remember, it's what states we're from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, and so it's really cool. We've broken down that data. Um, like there's 120,000 state acres that are landlocked and then 110,000 that are um, county or municipal acres and then 20,000 of federal acres. So we we put together these reports for uh, a lot of the different regions of the country. So, and, and in addition to that, we do provide funding to improve public access to, um, you know, help make you more successful in the field. And I think in the last couple of years through our initiatives and with partners, I think alone we've secured access on about 15,000 acres. That's also facilitated easier access to about 10,000 acres directly from those properties that we have donated money to, to help open up. A lot of hunters face this problem and I'm, I'm pretty thankful to be a part of an organization that, that helped 
actively addresses it. So Eric was our founder. And, and when I first started, he was still an active CEO. Um, and he kind of passed those reins off in, in 2018, I believe. But it's just been super cool to see him move that passion from, you know, running the whole company, but now he just pours everything into this access initiative. And, and he even personally, um, with his own funds, has started to explore trying to open up access, just not necessarily separate from the Onyx Access Fund, but with Eric Siegfried's own funds, he started to, to try to open up access and complete some of these initiatives on his own. So it's just been super cool to see this young guy just so passionate about, you know, access for everybody across the country. We have learned so much today. I mean, me for sure. Rachel, Megan, and Tan are a little bit more comfortable or, you know, they've used the app, but I've just been in awe of hearing between the initiatives and the opportunities of the app itself. Is there anything else? Like we, I think we could spend so much time getting into the weeds and more details. Is there anything that uh, you want to share with uh, our listeners today as we start to wrap up? My best recommendation would be, you know, if you haven't tried the Onyx Hunt app and you plan on getting outside this turkey season, you know, download it right when your your season is about to start, maybe a couple days before your season and put that seven day free trial to work. You know, that's what it's there for, you know, go out. I would wage good money that if you've never used the Onyx Hunt app, you will find some public lands or accessible lands, maybe private walk-in areas uh, very near to your home that you had no clue existed. I know when I first started using the Hunt app, it was an eye opener because I thought I was pretty dialed on the public around my house in Wisconsin. I was not. So that would be my recommendation is put that seven day free trial to, to work this turkey season, see how it goes for you. And then, you know, I, I'm, I'm guessing you'll be able to find uh, some reasons to keep it around for deer season. Definitely sounds like it. You know, and just one question that does come to my mind, if, if I'm in an area that doesn't have cell service, Tell me about that and how does that work? Just so that there are some of these areas that doesn't have cell service. I can't, I, I mean, my phone doesn't work. Tell me how that works with your app. You know, GPS capabilities on your phone pretty much always are going to work outside of your cell phone service. They're different. So what you do is um, we've got various amount of layers. You'll have your public land layer, your private land layer. So you turn everything on your map the way you want it to look. And in the bottom corner or the bottom of the uh, app, you'll see a thing called offline map and you can create a, an offline map for that area, area you're going to hunt and it downloads it to your phone. And then when you go offline, you can select those maps and say, all right, I'm in offline mode and your map is gonna look identical to how you saved it. So you'll have all your waypoints, all of the imagery, uh, as well as the layer information. So you're essentially, using it the same as you would when you're online. Very powerful. And, and if I don't know an area I'm going in, I'll look at like the Verizon or AT&T, whatever cell phone service provider you have. And I'll download the areas from where I'm hunting. And even I've found, even if it says, all right, you've got LTE, you know, whatever, you're, you should be good to go. If there is any no service or 3G around you, download that map because it, it, uh, they'd like to, I think they like to embellish a little bit on their cell phone service map. My crappy pun for you there, Rachel and Tana, is better saved than sorry. <laughs> oh, no.
<laughs> so, so yeah, while you're at home planning those trips, you know, you might as well just save more than you think you need to. It takes about 30 seconds to save a map these days with, with our app. So save those maps and just know that you're covered. Nice. As we wrap up, tell us where listeners can find the app, uh, a website, find more information. Let's give it to them. Yeah, absolutely. Onyxmaps.com is our website from there. You know, you can choose your experience, whether you're interested in in hunt backcountry or off-road. And then all social media platforms is just at onyxhunt. So I'd encourage to follow along there. We try to provide a lot of contextual education through our social channels, just because our product is a little bit technical and definitely takes some time to to learn. Take advantage of that seven-day free trial. And what I've always told folks is if you just spend 30 minutes pitter-pattering on your phone within the Hunt app while you're watching TV some evening, you cannot break anything. You can't. So you might as well touch all the buttons possible, figure out all the layers, find what's going to work for you and your needs and uh, and set sail out there and, and go find some lands to, to find some critters on. Yeah, and we, we really appreciate you having us on and, and talking about this product. Thank you for doing what you're doing and helping get more people outside uh, and experiencing all the opportunities uh, we have to enjoy nature. Yeah, and, and to resonate a, uh, a two-way sentiment that Megan was talking about, we are super thankful and super proud to be to be partnered with uh, these different states at a state level to get our product into all of your guys' hands because at the end of the day, you guys are the ones that are really keeping the ship afloat as far as, you know, keeping public lands open and accessible, you know, organizing all of the hunting seasons and and keeping all those regulations in line. So we're stoked to be partnered with with you all and and be able to put our product in your guys' hands to help you however possible. So um, if we can ever expand on those things, Ben and I are, are always all ears. So you have our information. Just let us know. Awesome. Thank you both. Well, it has been an absolutely fantastic conversation today. We've learned so much about Onyx and the different services you all offer. I encourage everybody to go straight to the app store and type in Onyx and you'll have all three of those services, um, Onyx Hunt, Backcountry, and Off-Road pop right up. They should be your first option. So please go and download those, um, send them to any friends or family you think might be interested. It really is a great product and we want to see everybody being safe and getting outdoors. So thank you guys for talking to us a little bit about that. Thank you also for your access initiatives. Those really resonate with us here um, in this part of the Midwest, especially. So we're certainly thankful for that and thankful for your partnership. Other than that, I just want to remind our listeners that there's just a couple weeks left to order your fishing box, your fishing subscription box. That deadline is creeping up. So um, if you plan to order one of those, be sure to get your order in. Supplies are, of course, limited and we do expect to sell out. So Those boxes should be shipping out in time for Mother's Day. So get that order in and um, think of the special someone in your life that might appreciate one of those boxes that make great gifts either to yourself or someone else. So just a little reminder there. Be sure to join us and follow us on She Goes Outdoors podcast. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram or find us at the She Goes Outdoors website at sgooutdoors.com. Thank you again, you guys, for joining us. We loved having you on from Onyx. And thank you to all of our listeners. We will see you outdoors. Outdoors.